Hey, Captain Citos, how's it going? Please change your password because I detected your email and password on the dark web. What? I'll change it right now. My friend recently posted something nasty on his social media but swore it wasn't him. I know, he was hacked. You might not know that your data has been stolen and you may fall prey to fraud and scams. But Captain Citos will alert you. Safeguard yourself today with Citos Secure ID. Subscribe for only 9 ringgit 90 cent a month at citoscredit.com.my. Remember to pick a super strong password. Got it! This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, this is Frida Liu. You're listening to Raise Your Game. We're two months into the year. And today is the last Monday of the month. Um, and as usual, we have with us Human Equation founder Sheila Singham. We haven't seen her for a while. So now over the past year in 2019, uh, she's joined us to discuss case studies on various topics related to workplace, such as drawing boundaries at work, respecting one another, showing empathy, showing appreciation, forging meaningful relationships and so on. Uh, so a little bit like a Valentine's Day, you know, the meaningful relationships Relationships, you know, that equates to love at work as well, right? Uh, so today we're going to go through uh, how we can use some of the learnings to move forward. How would you, I guess, do a sum up of the most important points that professionals should take note of for a better work environment? Okay. The the first thing I suppose is, since this is a month of love, mm. you got to love yourself. And you gotta love the people around you. You, you got to, you wanna be part of that community. And also, you gotta appreciate your company. La. Every time I go out, do corporate training and all that, I hear a lot of people whinging about the company. And I say, yes, there is no perfect company. Mm. But you got to, it, it all starts in the mind. So that's one lesson. Mm. Take charge of your mind. Okay, take charge of your thoughts, your thinking about your colleagues, your bosses, your company. Put positive thoughts in your head. Why allow the negative thoughts to sort of fester and take root and build a nest there and then mm. produce some more eggs and negative thoughts? You know, I, I give you that metaphor. Why not positive thoughts? I don't mean to be in denial. There will be toxic people. There will be things that are not perfect. And when you need to speak up about it and give feedback, but give the feedback in a gracious way without whinging. Give the feedback in a way where you say, okay, this is not quite right. This is not working. And I here are some solutions where maybe we can improve the process or, you know, the, the culture or something. When you go and give feedback and you have some possible solutions, um, then it goes down better, mm. right? So that's something. Another thing is I, I think that we all should avoid unnecessary talk about others, judgment based on someone's creed, culture, religion, and so on. We're very good at that. We're very good at pigeonholing people. Mm. So-and-so is like that because blah, 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 mm. you know? So we should stop doing that. We should look beyond the behavior of people to who they actually are. People are not their behavior, Frida. Mm. I mean, you're a lovely person. One day you might just kind of like mm. be, be in, a, in a grumpy mood or you, you, you might like flip. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that that's Frida Liu. Mm. You know, you are a lovely person and you had a bad we'll day. We'll have bad days. Yeah, we all have bad days, you know, and good days, right? Another thing that's important for employees is to draw boundaries. And I'm very, very big on this. You need to draw boundaries, not just at work. You need to draw boundaries in all your relationships, working relationships, personal relationships. By boundaries, I mean you need to make it clear to people what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. Mm. And another thing, of course, is to show appreciation. 
Show appreciation. I mean, how much does it cost you to pay someone a compliment to tell them they did a good job? Does it cost you anything? Right. No, but it does cost you when you 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 degrade people and you negate what they've done. It costs you costs yeah. you a relationship. Sometime. I remember what was it that that book? Uh, yeah, emo- your uh, Stephen Covey, right? Yeah. Your emotional uh, over, the the bank, the emotional bank. Is it an overdraft? Yeah. Or is it full? Yeah. Right. And if you get taking withdrawals and all that, and, and you know you don't put into into others, yeah. right? It's very difficult for them to want to do anything for you because their their emotional bank is empty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, if you were to pick three things for individuals to practice at work to have better relationships, what would they be? Well, learn the importance of rapport. Learn how to build rapport through um, verbal and non-verbal means. Verbal is, you know, sometimes we do not understand a simple thing that your voice tone when you're telling someone something or you're giving instructions to your colleagues or subordinates can mean a big thing. I had someone who every time she heard a certain tone, she would flip. She'd mm. just go upset, go down into like anger. And I'm asking her, where's that coming from? I mean, it's, it's just a, it's just an objective discussion, instructions given to you. And then I said, where is that coming from? And she thought back and she went, my, my mom had that kind of tone. Mm. And she would, you know, tell me things and I would just get so upset because she was never happy with anything I did. Mm. So this boss's tone was like the mom's tone. Wow. So, you know, trigger. it's a trigger. And very interestingly, um, uh, my, you know, my, my daughter, she's, she also does some coaching. She's coaching someone and found out from him that he loves his mother. But every time his mother talks to him in a certain tone, he's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go and do what she wants me to do. So this was communicated to the mother. And the mother took it on. She said, oh, my God, I didn't realize. So she changed the tone. Immediately, the relationship became much better. Note to self. Yeah, note to self, yeah. (laughs) And we as parents, uh, we feel we need to use that commanding tone, even as bosses. Now, can you please do that now? I absolutely need it, right? You're past the deadline. So the tone... So change the tone. I'm not saying we all have to be sweet and hunky-dory and go against the grain. What I'm saying is we should actually practice and be very mindful at all times of the tonality we're using. So that's one thing. All right. And you've got to vary your tone. If someone is a very loud person and you speak in a soft tone, it's not going to go down so well or the rapport will be harder. And if someone is a very soft-spoken person and you are naturally a loud person, there is also a mismatch. So you learn to adapt. Adapting to other people's uh, preferred communication style is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. Mm. And I think I've said this before. You wouldn't say water is a weak force. Water mm. is one of the strongest forces in nature. It can, it can power entire cities, right? And it can also kind of like, you know, destroy entire cities. But it's also very adaptable. Wherever you pour water, it takes the shape of the vessel. Right. Right. So we need to be like that. So that's one thing. Learn rapport. Another thing people need to do is to respect the other person's model of the world. We need to be more respectful. How do we do that? We put ourselves into other people's shoes and ask ourselves, you know, where are they coming from with this? And what's the reason they behave the way they do? And how would I behave if I were from that background and in those shoes, right? And of course, the third thing is we need to be very open to receiving feedback. Mm. Feedback is the path to growth. You know, if you are averse to feedback, if you've got such a big ego that you can't have people telling you what to, how you should, you know, be or, you know, what you did wrong, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to be able to change. 
and evolve into the person you're meant to be. Right. And of course, learn to give feedback graciously. Mm. Ayo, I tell you, uh, I've heard horror stories about how employers and, and bosses shout at others in front of uh, you know, shout at their staff in front of others, in front of um, clients at meetings. And I'm like, that's a no-no. Mm. Anytime you want to give someone feedback, it's got to be given in private and very graciously. All right. You know, you talk about uh, respecting other people's view of the world. And I just think about how we have these conversations in Malaysia about race and religion, right? Yes. And, you know, you know that there's always going to be something of contention if you, you, if you want to create trouble, right? And when you can actually sort of respect that people have different maps of the world because of the way they race, uh, their ethnicity, right? You make it such a much better place here in this country. If we're, we're mindful of that because that's that's what people know us for, our diversity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, um, now you've also uh, stressed a lot on values uh, in our conversations in 2019 and yet individual values and corporate values can vary. How can we be aligned with our employers if their values you know, differ from ours? Okay, in the first place, you're not going to have um, a lot of conflict between your values and the corporate values, in, you know, as it were. Corporate values are generally very generic. They'll have things like integrity, mm. respect mm. and all that, which I think many of us align with. I mean, you tell me someone whose uh, personal values would conflict with integrity and respect. La. You know what I mean? Because everyone has their own concept of integrity. So if the corporate value is integrity and yours is honesty, honesty is kind of like, one of the the components mm, of, of integrity. integrity, so you you can align with that. So many people, I think, do not have issue with the larger corporate values. It's the unspoken values that are being practiced. Mm. Now, I personally had that experience whereby um, a company is preaching something, but they're practicing something else. Uh, for that, so for employees who see that and cannot align with that, that will be a conflict. For example, employees whose uh, personal values are like freedom, appreciation, equality, and then they join a company where there's a lot of hierarchy, right. where the bosses say, no, you have to call me Mr. This and Dato That and all that. I'll die. And, uh, and you have to grovel. And it's a very feudalistic attitude, which you do get a lot in Malaysia still. Yeah. Uh. Mm. Uh, so when a company, uh, an employee joins a company like that, they're going to leave. They're going to be, you know, mm. this is not my scene. Lah, you, know? mm. you might align for a little while because you're trying. Yeah. You're trying. But in the long term, that is just going to eat at you and going to cause you a lot of um, sort of dissatisfaction. Mm. Another issue is where, okay, the company says we're looking at respect, we're looking at teamwork and all that. But behind the scenes, their ultimate value is the bottom line. Profitability yeah. above all else. Now, I worked for a company like that, profitability above all else, above the the people, the well-being and all that. And I said, here you are going and telling other people they need to invest in, in their, the well-being and employee engagement and all that. But on the other hand, you are not. Right. So you are conflicting their own values. And for me, personally, my higher, one of my highest values is congruence. Mm. Authenticity is, mm. is part of that. You know, you, you do what you say you will do. You know, if you do something and say something else, I already, I, I cannot, you know. So I left. Mm. I left and started my own outfit where I could practice my own values. So mm. there will be people like that. If you see a company where, um, you know, a lot of people are leaving for certain reasons, you've got to ask yourself whether at the at the lower level, at the, the mm. subterranean level, so <laughs> to speak, yeah. they're practicing a value which is... Um, 
in conflict with their own, right. you know, list of values. Seriously, people need to look into the values that com- companies need to look into the value system. I feel that instead of getting some fantastic consultant to come in and come up with a list of values that embody who you think you want to be, they should be organically derived from the people. Right. Okay, because if the, your values up there are so lofty and people cannot, you know, align with it, then they just don't understand it. They don't know how to translate it. And then they will they will leave, right. you know. So derive it organically and review it every five years. Mm. Because you got new people coming into the right. workforce, lots of uh, Gen Y millennials coming yep. in. They march to be the different drama, right? Mm. So um, as they come in, and as people leave, and new people come in, you need to review your value system. Mm. Uh, so we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. I'm here with the Sheila Singham from Human Equation. Stay tuned. BFM eighty nine point nine. Breaking financial mergers. BFM eighty nine point nine. Good morning. This is Frida Liu. I'm here with uh, Sheila Singham from Human Equation. We haven't had a chance to see her in January uh, or December, uh, so it's good to have her back here. And we're talking about some of the things that we discussed over the last year and what it means, I guess, right now, um, you know, to take these steps to make it a productive year forward. And so the workplace trends that could impact working culture, how would individuals and corporations need to adjust to these trends? I think um, companies need to, first of all, put in place a framework of trust. They need to trust the employees. One of the things that many employees say puts them off and causes them to leave is a lack of trust. The minute you mistrust someone, they just, it violates that. Oh, I I stop trusting you. Yeah, you as an employer stop stop trusting trusting your people. And this whole clocking in sharp 9 to 5, 9.05, you come in every day, you get a memo, it's ridiculous. I I hear this story, this still happens now. And to smack employers like this, okay? So the trend is switching to a system of working that is task-based rather than time-based. So instead of making people come in 9 to 5, as I said, let them come in and work, fulfill whatever they need to fulfill for the day or the week and deliver it and go. You're paying them for the work they do, Mm. not for the time they put in. Why do we need to pay people? um, Oh, if you're not doing 9 to 5, then I cannot pay you this salary. And I've seen this. I've seen some people who say, look, can I work less days in a week? Because, you know, I got family commitments and all that. And they're working. They come into the office two days, but the rest of three days, they are working from Mm. home. But they're not being paid for that. They're being paid for the hours they come into the office, which I feel is very ridiculous. Of course, we can't do this for every industry, like manufacturing and all that, unless it's fully automated. You need people to come in at a certain time. I understand. Certain jobs, you need that, right? Yeah. But where you can do it, you know? Right. Because people sometimes work into the night when everything is quiet, right? And, and, And this is the thing, you know. I come in at 9, I work till 9, no one gives me overtime. Hmm. But if I come in at 9, 10, hmm. and I go back at, say, you know, 5 or 6, uh, people just care out the extra 5, 10 <sighs> minutes. You know, it's, it's just, I don't get it, Frida. I really don't get it. And another thing that people will need to, companies will need to do is invest in IT infrastructure hmm. that's necessary for working and collaborating in the virtual workspace. You know, so... Um, there's a lot of cutting edge technology being designed. And if you're just focusing on the, the material things, the buildings, the investments, you need to not just invest in the IT. You need to, you need to gear your people up. You need to do continuous training so that even the oldest employees begin to feel comfortable with the system. Mm. Today, what happens is we're going to change the IT system or upgrade or something. Everyone goes into a flap. It's like, mm. oh my God, my God. And I'm not going to be able to, to get on board with this, right? 
Of course, uh, cultural training is also important. Not, I'm not talking about cultural as in people from other nations. Mm. I think um, in Malaysia, we need cultural training. Yeah. Okay? We really need cultural training because we need people in the workplace to um, sort of respect each other's map of the world. Mm. I was talking to someone who came to me and said they have a, they have a group chat at work. Okay, and there, there are multiple races inside. And there are people of one race and religion. They're constantly sharing religious stuff on that workplace. Now, in any other country, this would be illegal. Right. But in Malaysia, people think it's their right to, to put that in. And she's very upset. She said they're not respecting. I say you also share la, your mm. religious values and, you know, whatever your religious yeah. teaching is. She said, can I? I said, why not? If they object, then you turn around and say, well, I could object, but I'm not. I'm being open-minded. So I think you all also need to be open-minded. We right. need to understand that if you want to thrust your you know, cultural, religious values down someone else's throat, you also got to be opening your throat, your mouth, <laughs> to be able to, to, your ears, your eyes, to receive this in an open-minded way, you mm. know? And final thing, companies, I mean, I, there are lots more things, but the things that I feel are necessary is to change the way we motivate and incentivize people. Okay. You know? And so what should companies do, uh, be doing more to positively impact workplace culture uh, towards enhancing, you know, employee satisfaction and productivity? First of all, you need to do the things to show that you value and care for and love your employees. I know people out there might, might laugh and say, oh, love your employees. I mean, this is work, Sheila. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not idealistic. Yeah. But I'm saying that love is like, you know, that you can manifest in different ways. Yeah. Engage, engage, engage. Communicate, communicate, communicate continuous engagement, not just when your employee engagement survey results go down. Then everyone scrambles, oh, mm. must do employee engagement. Just do it anyway. Yeah. You know, then you become the employer of choice. Mm. Now, create a compelling employee engagement. One of the things that stands out with me till today most was 10 years ago, me visiting a company to, to pitch a training program. And I'm walking past this huge room and I'm seeing like, like spa kind of sofas there and people having their feet um, massaged and all that. Mm. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Oh, this is our way of appreciating our employees. They're all very stressed. So we've created, a, they, you know, we give them vouchers to go to the spa. They don't go. So we brought the spa to the office. We engage a spa operator to come here and everyone gets a coupon and they have to use that coupon to go and have a massage. And in the end, everyone enjoyed it. And I thought, wow. That's amazing. What do companies really do now? At the end of the year, got budget, take everyone off-site for mm. one small team building, makan, games, family day and all that. And yeah, that's good. But why just once a year? Mm. Why not continuously be doing stuff? Let's have a Kit Kat day. You know, let's have a take cupcake a day. Yeah. yeah, right? And then, of course, your companies should start flattening the corporate structure. Mm. I see this a lot in, in, in you know, um, GLCs, you know, you have this hierarchy and uh, because, you know, yeah, there are political appointees and whatnot. So I think that flatten it. Even if you have hierarchy in terms of your your grading and all that position, just have that open door policy. Mm. Let people call you by name. You know, that's your name. Your Your title is not your name. 
All right, so you need to use it in your name cards and at at events and all that. Fine, but in the office, let people call you lah. I mean, if you were if you became Datin Frida or Dato Frida, I'll still call you Frida. Okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> all right, then set up an infrastructure for a feedback culture. We need to have that. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate constantly. It goes back to engagement. Forty percent of employees globally in a survey said that. Um, they would stay if they felt appreciated. Mm. Appreciation is not just in terms of remuneration. Right. It's what you say. It's a combination of your tone, your body language, your words, your gestures, and mm. how you show your companies that you value and appreciate them. And that is one thing I'd love to go to companies and do a brainstorm engagement um you know, m- m- approaches, techniques for engagement that you can experiment with and see what goes down best. Right. And that's and the final thing, of course, that I would advise companies is you got a lot of millennials. Millennials like to be involved in processes, decision making, innovation. So don't just and and what is the one thing that we lack in Malaysia today is that problem solving, um, you know, solution oriented decision making thinking. So I think we need to start engaging employees to in collaboration. And you don't have to do it with just big projects. You can have an innovation and ideation, ideate, idea incubator in your offices, you know, make it look attractive in an environment where no meetings, nothing. You just go there to bounce ideas. And it doesn't have to be ideas related to work. You can take an idea from another industry. Uh, you can just do a puzzle. Mm. The whole idea is to go in there and to, you know, use your brain to start coming up with new ideas. Then when people are used to this and they have fun with it, and you're, they're not afraid of it, then you can start in Introducing uh, innovation in terms of our products, right. our services, our processes, HR, learning, and all that sort yeah. of thing. And how do you think innovation will fit into the enhancing the working experience? Uh, do you think Malaysian companies are innovative enough? Uh, I think I'll have to say not really. Mm. Malaysian companies still have a long way to go in terms of innovation. And... Um, those that do innovate a lot are more than others are the multinationals with a global presence because, you know, that's the open culture that they get from other countries. Hierarchical structures curb innovation. I've worked with companies where there's a lot of hierarchy and then they get excited when they come for, for a program on problem solving, innovation, new ideas. And I say, oh, we go, take it back to management. Yeah, we've done it before, but management is very close. Management says, well, we're doing it this way and that will cost too much money and, and so on. So, you know, they close the door. So when you do that and when you slam down people's ideas, people are not going to innovate. Hmm. So that hierarchical structure has to, you need to get flatter and you need to encourage your people to talk and give ideas. Okay. Another thing also is we need to train people to innovate. It doesn't come naturally. Hmm. I mean, you and I are going for the uh, cause in innovation and design thinking. We signed up for it because hmm. we, uh, I think I'd like to think of myself as being a pretty innovative person. I'm always giving people ideas for free. Maybe I should start charging. But anyway, so I'm doing that. But I decided that I needed to have a structure to it, a discipline, innovation, creative thinking and all that, like everything else. That There's, there's a, a process. It's a process. So and what is that process? Yeah. yeah. So as I said earlier, start. Start with simple little problems and riddles and exercises. Start a competition in your organization to innovate for something. And 
And then when these innovations come up, implement. Mm. Use what can be used. Reward the employees who come up with the innovation. It makes people, everyone want to come on board and say, hey, they got like, you know, a thousand mm. bucks each for that innovation. You know, we also want, right. you know, so that's what you do. So what can be done to enhance uh, innovation in the corporate sector? Start an idea incubator on the premises, a place where people can go to brainstorm and come out with ideas. Do not use it for anything else, not meetings, for, not for LEPA or anything. It's got to be where once you go in there, one hour later, you must come up with an idea. Okay, hold regular sessions. Innovation, the, the, the process of innovating comes with practice. So you need to have it just like you have training programs for people, you have meetings for people, you need to have innovation sessions with people. Maybe once a month on a Friday afternoon, three to five, you know, with a bit of downtime, throw something, a challenge. Right. Maybe even once a month. I mean, I think once a month is great and it's something people learn to look forward to. And you don't even have to just be the ones who are initiating it as the L&D department or as the head of department. Let someone initiate it, right? Different teams, let's say. The next thing is competitions. Uh, Have competitions for creating a new product. Uh, or creating a new service or how we can engage employees more and then let the employees rate themselves like like a bit like American Idol uh, you vote for the, the 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 you know the way that's best right and then you need to start getting people from different departments involved so if you're doing a new product innovation don't just get people from marketing and product development get people from finance right you know get people from l and d get people from hr uh, so people come there and they have a completely different perspective they're not thinking within you know your box of marketing right. and product innovation you might come up with some great ideas right and of course um they can engage me to teach them how <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> uh, Sheila Singer from Human Equation will be back next month. I think uh, we'll be discussing on how, I guess, getting companies more productive. Uh, thanks again for being with us. Sheila Singer, Human Equation, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.